We had a season where one of my daughters was struggling mightily, and we knew something was up, but we just didn't know what. And she finally kind of faced the facts and shared honestly with us. And we kind of had a breakthrough in that moment where, okay, we at least have things on the table. We can at least talk about what's kind of going on in your head, heart, and your soul. Uh, It was a good moment. The struggle's still there years later. But um, helping her find that inner strength in God was really, really critical. I'm John Fuller, along with our Vice President of Parenting, Dr. Danny Huerta. And Danny, our, our daughters in particular, both sons and daughters, but especially our daughters, have to deal with a lot coming at them from the culture these days. Yes, John, I'm sure as you were raising your daughter, same thing, just getting the messages that you need to look a certain way, you need to dress a certain way uh, in order to uh, become more popular or have more strength socially, uh, right, and and maybe more confidence. Uh, Don't show your emotions, especially weak emotions. Uh, Popularity means you have power and strength. These are the messages that Uh, a lot of teenagers face, and more so daughters, uh, especially on the how you dress, your hair, your attractiveness on the outside. Those are all things that will create for you a sense of strength. And uh, that, it can be fleeting over time, and we know that, and we try to impart that to our daughters. And so what we need to do as dads, as moms, is process the messages that they're getting and why they make sense to them and why they mm-hmm. wouldn't make sense. Help them think them through critically and, and also see what it creates inside of them as they receive those messages and what would be another message that could replace some of those. Mm-hmm. That would be a good conversation. Each personality handles that differently. So as mom and dad, this is your homework to yeah. step in and ask those questions. Yeah. Well, the daughter I alluded to uh, had, a, had an eating disorder, and mm-hmm. it wasn't um, so much because of physical appearance so much as inward strength. Mm-hmm. And she she developed something, I guess, clinically is called um, orthorexia. Mm-hmm. So it was a mindset of it's healthier for me to not eat this or that. And she, she really restricted what she ate and... Uh, as I said, the, the aha moment that you're really sick and you really need help was uh, a gift from the Lord. But it was just one example of the messages that we get. And uh, we're going to turn now to Meg Meeker, who shared about some of the messages she got when she was in college. And I think you'll find this really interesting. Meg, we're winding into the end here, and we're going to have you back next time to continue the discussion. But I do want to hit the idea of feminism, because you talk about that, going to med school and, you know, embracing some of the feminist ideology. Uh, In fact, you considered yourself a feminist in college. Describe what that was like. And I think, you know, even today with the church, so much of feminism has seeped in. Some of it is good to be able to be strong and to stand on your own two feet. There's many examples of Christian businesswomen, and Priscilla comes to mind. Um, so what, what are the good things from feminism, and what should the church, and moms particularly, be looking out for with their daughters? Well, I think we've completely misunderstood what feminism about, because Jesus was the original feminist. Look huh. how he treated women. Yeah, but give us the context for that statement, because people may not catch that okay. and understand that. 
Jesus looked at women as being completely in this exact same value as men. He didn't see race oh, and sex. Good, yeah. They were all, if somebody says, you know, the, the ground is level at the foot of the they cross. They weren't lesser. They weren't lesser. They were beautiful. He revered them. In places where he thought they were being put down, he raised them up. So he adored women. He adored men. But here's what happened with the feminist revolution, because I was right in the heart of it in, um, in the 1970s. Gloria Steinem and Betty Friedan said, you can do it. You can do it. But our goal was to beat men. It wasn't to be better selves, it was to beat men. So there was an underlying anger that we were taught to have, and that was to grow if we were to be successful. And that's not healthy. But we didn't recognize it at the time. We had the right to have an abortion if we wanted to. We had the right um, to push men out of the way if we wanted to. I saw some of my colleagues say the worst things to men. And how skewed is that? And again, we're seeing that in other places in our culture, that if one person wants to elevate who they are racially or gender or whatever, it necessarily in their mind means you have to squash the other. It comes from a source of anger. Of anger. Yeah, that's And it, that's never healthy. And that's where the feminist revolution really took our young girls in the wrong direction. It wasn't, you're not to compete with men. You are as strong. You are as capable. And that's how I got through medical school, I think, in a very healthy way, because my dad always treated me that. Yeah. I never had a sense that I couldn't do. It wasn't a competition. No. I mean, and the thing is, Meg, that lines up so beautifully with scripture, yes. you know, it, when you're talking about marriage or any relationship, really, you can only work on your stuff. You can't change the other person, whether that's a spouse, a child, you can help to influence. But in the end, Adam and Eve made their choices and God was the perfect parent. And so the point there is that is a big miss in the culture where power transfers are trying, you know, people are trying to accomplish something right. and it comes from a source of anger and diminishing others. And really, you can only work on yourself, exactly. become the best you you can be. Exactly. And then it loses its focus completely. You know, the focus is no longer on improving myself. My focus is on... Um, you know, becoming venomous and hating the other person and your energy is filtered there, not in saying I'm living in a toxic culture. I need to focus on me and my yeah. response. I can't change these people doing this, but doggone, I can change me. And that's my message to parents. You can't change the internet. You can't change these things, but you can raise a very strong daughter in a mess. And, and have a strong daughter who can answer those, you know, four questions, who knows why she's alive, where she comes from, and where she's going. Yeah. Meg, let me ask you this, too. We did a, a film called Irreplaceable uh, a few years ago, and we filmed people from around the country, different perspectives, different Christian traditions as well. But there was one woman, Frederica Matthews Green, and she said something so powerful. It was the golden nugget in the entire film from my perspective. And she was like your peer at that time in the 70s and working as a feminist and believing all of it. And she said what we were hoping for was acceptance and what we got was abandonment. Mm -hmm. And you think of that in the sexual revolution context and abortion and freeing men from the responsibility of childbearing. Yeah. 
uh, it was a disaster it was for a the disaster. culture, for the definition of family. We're reaping still yeah. the whirlwind of all of that mayhem. Yeah. Speak to that issue of we were hoping for acceptance, which is such a woman's heart. Yeah. I, back to your four questions. Exactly. Am I acceptable to you? Yeah. And then what they got was abandonment from men. Right. Because men got what they wanted. Yeah, exactly. And I remember a colleague of mine, I'll never forget where we were standing on a hall in our college saying, you know what, whatever men have, we're going to take it. Huh. You know, but we took the worst. We took the worst. And it was the same kind of thing. We wanted the best, but we took the worst. What we were trying for was to feel valuable and to get our value through our work, our you know, money that we could make. And the only way we saw to do that was to push everybody aside and to crush them. But what we didn't realize at the time is breaking down a lot of barriers we exploited ourselves and now we're exploiting our children so in our quest to find something better and to feel better about ourselves we destroyed ourselves yeah i mean that's powerful and that's why eyes wide open is a good way to go here for yeah. moms wanting to raise their daughters yes. in a healthier so environment you teach them to be strong in character teach them why they have value um and teach them why they were put here on earth and then teach them strong women don't need to hate. Danny, we heard from Meg about feminism and the false lessons about what mm. strength is. So how do we as parents model what is true and genuine for our daughters and counter some of this uh, narrative that they get from the culture? You know, if we're all honest about this, we struggle with this. Everyone does. We, we struggle with our insecurities. Everyone brings it into the room. And it's what dialogue you have with your insecurity. Hmm. Are you truly a child of God? And what's interesting is, is the answer is, do you know how to love people? Because that's what we've been called to do. That's our core design, is to learn and, and really be shaped through the process of love. And when you love someone, you're not so thirsty for their love back. Hmm. You can just love freely. And that is an anecdote to... Uh, to, to this desire to have multiple things create this false sense of strength. Love is powerful. It can change a room. It brings life into a room. It brings life into a person. So for my daughter, we one of the things that has been interesting in the teen years, kind of a surprise for me, actually, because she would, would wear whatever she wanted to in elementary school, and she'd go out with some very unique outfits. I'm going, man, that's, <laughs> that's strength right there. She is confident in who she is. Yes. And it worked out, right? And now as a teenager, self-doubts came in, hmm. and the, the skirt started to go up a little, little uh, higher up, and I, <laughs> till I said, I think they, as she was trying things on, I think they forgot. It must have missed a part of the factory line where they missed a, a couple inches on the, the closet. So we just I talked love, through. by the way, I'm sorry, but I love how you have fun with these matters. There are some parents that would go into full-blown lecture mode. Like, you're not wearing that. And you're having fun saying, you know, there's something wrong here. Something was missed there. Yeah. They, missed, they missed a spot. And so I've said, why do you think you have desired to wear what you wear. Where are you, where are you getting your fashion ideas? And she admitted, she goes, well, everyone's wearing even higher skirts and all this, and, and this is what other teens are doing. Yeah. 
So we talked about it, just because it's normal, it doesn't make it good. What would be your fashion and why if you didn't have these people around you? And is there a way that we could find something that would be, I know you want to be modest. I know it's hard to find the modest clothing. We've, we've got to go on this journey. I'll spend whatever time we need to to find something fashionable and something that creates respect for you because I want this for you and I love you. Mm-hmm. And it's out of that context of love that also creates that conversational opportunity. I'm going, I just, I love you and I want you to experience genuine love because that gives you strength. When you feel love genuinely and when you can give it freely where you're not thirsty, that's where you're gonna find strength in this world because I mean, we also see Jesus said so. Love one another and Mm -hmm. in that we're gonna find strength in this world. Really appreciate your insights and uh, please know that This ministry, Focus on the Family, wants to help you in your journey as a mom or a dad. Uh, That's what we're built to do here at Focus. Uh, Make a donation. Partner with us as we share podcasts and videos and curriculum and all sorts of free stuff online. Uh, Make a donation today uh, to help us continue to reach out and help parents. And we'll say thank you by sending a copy of Dr. Meg Meeker's excellent book, Raising a Strong Daughter in a Toxic Culture. And we'll link over to ways to donate and get that book in the show notes. Also, the free download of the entire conversation with Meg is available online. We'll link over to it. And join us next time as we have Dr. Kevin Lehman with us. Uh, Always good to have him here. Uh, For now, on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.